0: Yep, you guys know what time it is. It's your boy Justin Cred, and this is the Daily Knicks podcast. On today's episode, we will be talking about the cat ramifications of the Knicks acquiring Anthony Davis. We'll break down the Ian Eagle, I'm sorry, Ian Begley uh, article about um, <laughs> what the Knicks have to do to acquire Anthony Davis. We'll break down the games and who will be on the team next season between Lance Thomas, Alonzo Trier, and Damian Dotson. And the renewed-slash-confusing-slash-weird-slash-interesting beef, I guess, between the Nets and the Knicks, all right? You guys know what time it is. Time to strap it, be tense. Let's get it. I'm recording this Friday morning and we are going to talk about the Knicks um, like we do every single time of this podcast. Just me for today's episode. And before we talk about the Knicks and get into that, I'm going to talk a little bit about the playoffs. So the Raptors and the Bucks are now heading back to Toronto with the Raptors having a 3 2 lead. On the team, on the Bucks, And this is kind of why, I don't know if I said this before, if you guys follow me on Twitter, at JustinCred92, you've said that I've been kind of championing the Raptors the whole postseason. You know, the beginning of the season, I had the Boston making it to the finals, uh, but when the playoffs started, I, I switched, and I, I've been picking on Toronto this whole time. Now, it's funny is that these playoffs are so close that Literally, the cream rises to the crop. like you really do get the most credit winning in the postseason just because of how close these games are. If you look at them, if you break them down, it's about just these conference finals. there's a strong argument that you know the bucks could be up, the bucks could have won this series already. There's a strong argument that the Raptors could have won this series already. You know, game one, the Raptors had a lead heading into the fourth quarter, blew the lead. Then they got blown out in game two. Then game three went to double overtime with the best player in the series fouling out, or the best player for the Bucks fouling out, excuse me, and the Raptors basically saving the their season. And then since that game, they've won the next two. It's almost um, – it's crazy how how close all these are for the fact that one or two plays basically are deciding this whole thing and the fact that we are going to for some reason online completely eviscerate whoever loses in these playoffs. And for me, I have the Raptors winning the whole thing just because I I really did not understand the idea of why Kawhi Leonard was thought was an afterthought. I understand he didn't play last year, but when he was playing, he was an MVP candidate and was a finals MVP, a two-time defensive player of the year award winner. I didn't see the need for everyone to just start writing him off necessarily or thinking that he was just a product of Greg Popovich's system. Um these playoffs are showing that he's one of the best players in the league. And it's also showing that making a trade for the best player in the league is something that you have to do. So I don't know if Toronto's going to win the next games on Saturday, but if they get to the finals, it'll be interesting because if you look at last season, the two teams that probably had the most disappointing seasons last year were both on opposite coasts, was the Portland Trailblazers and the Toronto Raptors. Um, you know, Toronto lost. Both lost in and both lost in sweeps. Toronto lost in the second round. Um, they were able to lose in the first round. the The Portland Trailblazers with home both had home court advantage, and yada yada yada. The thing about it is that they both went in two diam- diametrically uh, different ways. The Raptors basically said, "This team can't win." We've run into the same guy over and over again. We've been bumping our head against the same dude. If you keep doing the same thing over and over again, it's the definition of insanity. So we're going to flip our best player to get a better version of our best player. That's what they did. And the Trailblazers did the complete opposite of that. Now, I still don't know which one is better because for me, I'm always the type of person to think that if you're able to... Get better, do better. And if you're not pushing all your chips to the table, you're not actually trying to win. But I was listening to the Ryan Rasillo show on ESPN. He made a good point. The business aspect of the NBA does matter. So a team winning 50 games a year, making it deep into the playoffs, making it to the West Conference finals, even though you can argue maybe Portland wouldn't have gotten there if Paul George didn't hit the shot and the and the Houston Rockets were on their side of the bracket. But that's hearsay. You don't know if that's going to happen or not. The fact that they were able to get into the West Conference Finals and then, you know, now they're going to be able to supermax Dame Lillard and keep this core together. And then next season, they're probably going to win 50 games again. There is something to be said about stability, about a team that doesn't necessarily get free agents who don't necessarily um, get the marquee stars to stay up there and are going to be limited financially. They made a lot of bad deals in 2016. They still have Miles Leonard, and they still have uh, Evan Turner. They still are paying a lot of these guys a lot of money, and then they're going to have to max Dame. They want to probably do it now, as opposed to if he waits a year and can get you know $240 million, as opposed to the 191 he can get right now. There is something to that stability and keeping the core around but if you look at Toronto, Toronto's one way away from the finals. And I think they're going to win the finals. And it's hard, man. It's hard to be a GM in this league because you can say both ways. Like, I understand everyone wants to win. Or, or, I'll take the back. Fans want to win. But these are businesses, man. And you can't have your business hit below a certain line. And for the Raptors to do what they do, do what did what they did, obviously generated money. Obviously generated attention. And it looks like they could make the finals now. And for someone like me, who's always pushing forward and try to get to shoot for the best you can get, I think this was was a successful season. Obviously, if Kawhi stays or not, even if they don't win the finals, even if they you know lose the next two games, the thing about it is that. Both arguments are there to be had for there to win. Um, but this series for at least Toronto is just proving that there's just dudes you got to have. You just got to have dudes. Okay. And if you just don't have that guy, you have to do everything you can to get that kind of player. And Toronto took the risk and they decided to go and get Kawhi Leonard. And now they potentially are, making their way to the NBA Finals. Um, and they made a move that was able to propel them for the future. Anthony Davis is now in the same position Kawhi was two a year ago. Coming off a season, disappointed, dem- demanding a trade. He still wants out. Now, I still see – it's funny. So the two dates that have to be watched now for Anthony Davis' trade is – the draft which is june 20th around them you know draft day or august 20th or around you know in like late august early september that's the time where the you can trade your first round picks after they sign their rookie contract you have to wait 30 days the anthony david anthony david the andrew wiggins trade kevin love trade that's why they he was traded in so late into the into the uh summer league those are the two points, and if, if he's not traded at those two points, then obviously the next one would probably be the trade deadline. So here's my thing. For, for all the times we look at these, if you look at these megastar trades, I like to call them, for dudes who were able to get guys to, to stay and to, to come over, Kyrie, you had Paul George, and now you have Kawhi. Paul George stayed. We don't know about Kyrie, and we don't know about Kawhi. Let's just say Kawhi stays and let's, I don't see it happening, but let's say Kyrie stays too, right? So of the three times that this, this, these type of trades happen, three of them stay. But even if Kyrie doesn't stay, two of the three stayed. I think that's going to give a lot more teams a lot more incentive to want to make this trade. I know everyone has the Knicks. I know everyone thinks it's going to be the Knicks, the Lakers, maybe Boston. I think it's going to be the Clippers. But there are other teams that I think might jump into this mix while you don't know that aren't necessarily the name that we think they thought of. No one thought Kawhi was going to the Raptors last year. You know? It was, um, it was L.A. or I think... I think New York was also a possibility. I heard Philly. Like, there was a bunch of other teams, but no one had to, the, the, the Raptors. And for me, as much as I just praise the Portland Trailblazers, what if you can send CJ, Yusuf Nurkic, and two first-round picks to the Pelicans and just get back Anthony Davis and you make them take Solomon Hill's contract? Is that is that such a bad deal for New Orleans? The issue is, you don't know what David Griffin wants, but for a small market, I'll make the argument that a small market team that has the the lowest attendance or one of the lower attendance of teams in the league just got blessed with Zion, Zion Williamson. It is not about getting Zion, young players, a bunch of young guys so they can grow together. No, it's about getting him with some ballers. That's what you got. and. The Knicks deal and the Lakers deal both do not give Zion the ability to learn from experienced veterans and even have a chance to make the playoffs. If CJ comes, again, don't know about Nurkic's injury. That's going to be obviously the kind of little screw in this just because, you know, Paul George and uh, Gordon Hayward both, you know, took – a year after they even got hurt to really got, get back into form. Gordon Hayward still underachieved a little bit this year. <laughs> you can have an argument that that team's actually probably going to be a more viable team than if you send him to New York and you get back a bunch of role players essentially, or if you send him to LA, I mean, that's a quick way to get you fired. Now. Yeah. Like, yeah, like like it it makes sense that um you're able to get a a bunch of young players and a bunch of picks and things like that, and able to basically like use those in the future and then, you know get more players and all sort of stuff. When you're trading superstars, you're not getting back equal value. No one's trading a star, uh, an elite level one for elite level one, like an Anthony Davis, LeBron James trade is not happening. A Kyrie for Dame Lillard trade is not happening. Those trades don't happen. You try to take the other person's star to pair with their star, basically send them stuff that they can sell to the owner as a good trade. David Griffin's got to realize, like, yeah, you can get a bunch of picks in the future, but if your team doesn't win, you're not going to be able to use those picks. You're just going to be able to, you're going to get fired, and then the next GM's going to come in, and then take whatever you got, and then basically splurge, and then try to fix the franchise after that, and then use what you had and take all the credit for it. So, while I would love to see Anthony Davis on the Knicks, obviously. This is still very fluid, and I, I'm, I'm not 100% sure that the Knicks are, have the best stuff to be able to get him. Right. Speaking of the stuff that the Knicks have to get him, transition over into the scenarios of what happens if they can try to get Anthony Davis. So this is all, again, assuming Kevin Durant is signed on the dot line. He's already on the team. We're making moves after this. Now. The scenario of trading for Anthony Davis into um into your cap makes a lot of sense in the sense of that it probably won't be as expensive to get him in, in terms of like stuff you have to give up. Um and it also means that you now have two basically legitimate uh you have two legitimate all defensive caliber players. I know I know Kevin Durant didn't make the all defensive team. Um, but you have two legitimate all-world defenders. And they're going to be able to now go and guard and defend the paints and do whatever they got to do to stop the other team from scoring. You also have two dynamic offensive players that you can probably put in the pick and roll. Yeah. I don't need to go on to Why this is so good. The issue obviously is going to be the rest of the team and the guard play. So in Begley's piece in the trade, it's all about the cat ramifications and the Knicks don't have to necessarily sacrifice any of their like players. They have to cut anybody. They can keep everybody around. The issue is going to come into is when you try to get Durant, another max guy and then get Anthony Davis. This is where it kind of gets a little complicated. So, I'm going to read the little part that's most important. So it says, if you exercise the latter of these three options, basically the Knicks, you know, sign, keep Damian Dotson or waive him, or keep Alonzo Trier or waive him. Um, it comes down to Anthony Davis basically waving um, his trade kicker. Basically, he can waive 5.1 million dollars that would that we the Knicks would have to accept into our cap. And then put out into the, uh, and then like that actually affects the way we can get other stars or get Anthony Davis or how much we have to trade back and all this other stuff. So the point is, is if, if Davis does waive his trade bonus, the Knicks could reach the 21.6 million to put them, put together various packages, including assuming number three overall pick RJ Barrett, Frank Ntilikina, Dennis Smith Jr., and Damian Dotson, along with Harry Jenkins and Ellison and a bunch of other stuff. If Davis says he doesn't want to waive his trade bonus, the Knicks would have to make a trade that includes Kevin Knox just because to make the money work. Kevin Knox makes more money than, you know, Ellison or Jenkins. So the the trade exception or the trade part of this is is going to be important because. The money that the Knicks have, the Knicks don't have any large contracts under under deal, which is good in the sense that they now have all this money to spend, but it's bad in the sense that they don't have the ability to make the same trades that the, you know, the Lakers or the Celtics or whoever have. They they, they, just, they don't have anyone making anywhere above $9 million outside of, you know, not even their first round pick, RJ, if he comes, will we'll make that much money. Um, So... The, the ramifications of that is going to cost the Knicks in the future. Now, you might want to think that, oh, well, if the Knicks just pick up, you know, keep um, Lance Thomas, Lance Thomas makes $7 million. That's not fully guaranteed. You can trade him also. And then the Pelicans can waive him and then only, you know, save $1 million. The issue with that is that the Knicks would have to make this trade before the before the, the draft because his contract becomes fully guaranteed on the twentieth of June. So it's highly unlikely that the Knicks A are gonna pick up Lance's contract in the first place. And B, they're not gonna hold on to it in the sense that just to potentially, you know, trade for Anthony Davis when they still have to spend that money on signing for agents. And they want to be able to maximize most of the space. So it's gonna take a lot of issues. It's gonna take a lot of stuff. That's just the the basic parameters of it. Now you get into the actual deals of like what is enough to get to get Anthony Davis on the team. The three best things the Knicks have are, or I guess the the cream of the crop of the trade would be RJ, I believe Mitch, and I would argue the two picks that um Knicks got from Dallas. Those that's the cream of the crop. The stuff that might throw in there just just might be fillers or stuff that the Pelicans might want in their eye. You know, they might want Kevin Knox. They might want you know, um, they might want Frank Ntilikina. They might want Dennis Smith Jr. But that's that's the main base of the trade. If I'm the Knicks, you can't you can get two, but you can't get three. You have to be able to keep some things, not only just so you can have a roster next year, but in order to then take those uh, players and then flip them for something, maybe even in the future, maybe during the season or the season after that. So when it comes to Mitch Knox and RJ Mitchell makes the least amount of money. So pairing him in any trade is going to be fine. Cause he only makes I believe 1.5 next season. Whereas both RJ and, Knox are going to make well above $6 million. I believe that's how much Knox makes next year. And so for, for the Knicks, it's like you can't necessarily – you can you can argue sending away Mitch makes the most sense because AD will just basically take his spot and basically do everything that Mitch does defensively while giving you 26 points a game, you know? The other argument is, all right, I can send you Knox. I'll send you RJ. I take AD because AD has said in the past a long time he doesn't want to play center. You can play Mitchell and AD together for long uh, stretches of time, and you can have basically Anthony Davis. I wouldn't say Anthony Davis wouldn't work on his work on his defense, or he's a bad defensive player, but it's nice to know that you if you. You know, let someone get by you. There's another defender there willing to come over, give help, show. He's a smart defensive player as a 21 year old in the league. So it's 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 a smart move to give. Now, would you give up RJ and Knox? I think that's more kind of a redundant player. That's this is more why I'm thinking Knox might be on his way out because RJ and Knox are somewhat in the same way, the same player. And I don't necessarily see them both being on the team. It's not they don't I honestly think their games necessarily clash. I think they could work together, but I think the best of both is on opposite on different teams. I don't think they can necessarily shine the 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 brightest if they're basically the same way. Especially the fact that you're gonna have arguably two other two better offensive players on the team. If this was just their team, then yeah, you know, you can have two. You're gonna need multiple ball handles, multiple multiple guys to be able to put the ball in the hoop. But if you have a KD and you have a let's say Kyrie, those are the two guys that are gonna take the most shots on the team. And Knox and RJ are just gonna be able to clash for the third guy if they both are on the team to score the ball. So I don't see both of them playing in New York next year one like it's it's gonna be one or the other um so that's just the just the ramifications for that and the last thing is which we can talk about after this break is Alonzo Trier's option is a lot more interesting than people give it credit for and what the Knicks can and can't do with that and who they may have to pick and who they not pick in order to move forward but we'll talk about that in a sec take a quick break What's up? All right. Back in it. And we're still just breaking down real quick. The the Knicks basically trading for Anthony Davis. Still with getting Kyrie and KD and getting Anthony Davis. So the Alonzo Chair contract, which I feel like most people didn't really think about at the time, is actually going to play a huge factor in the Knicks' you know, summer plans. Um, so they, everyone knows they have a $3.6 million uh, team option they have to pick up, and they have to pick up by uh, June 20th. So if they pick him up, obviously that goes against the cap. But they decline the trade; they have they have its cap holding basically. So they basically make him a a restricted free agent if they do that. And his cap holding would be four point seven million dollars if they obviously they extend him the qualifying offer. If they decide to be like, no, we're going to release our hold on you, it's four point million dollars. If they keep him as an unrestricted free agent, now here's the thing: if they keep both Traer and Dotson, even though Dotson's contract isn't guaranteed, they're under. They they can't sign Kyrie and um, Durant. It's about it's not a lot, but it's a hundred and thirty thousand dollars of what they need to do. Now you would expect that, or you would hope that you know one of the two guys would be like, "I'll take you know the hundred and thirty k off." However. This is the Knicks. And unfortunately, they don't have the benefit of the doubt. They don't have a uh they don't have a way to to basically convince fans or convince uh players that oh we're definitely gonna win. You know, they don't have the cachet. There's nothing, there's nothing they can they can do or talk about. Um so yeah, so then it's like uh it's, it's it's comes down to that, and basically they're choosing at the end of the day between Dotson and Trier. Now, it's interesting to see. like I Obviously, I said this again. I'm not the biggest fan of Trier. I think his game is good. It's not great, but I would, if we're just taking it basically player by player, I would take Dotson over Trier just because I think he fits into a, a, what the Knicks want to do next season going forward without all this free agent stuff, as opposed to, opposed to Trier. The issue is going to come down to this, is what what the Knicks want to do immediately right now. I think Dotson, he's been here for a little bit. This is obviously, be, this would be, quote-unquote, his third year into the Knicks system. He's playing the Summer League. He sees like he has moments where he's kind of up and down, but he has his flaws, just like Alonzo Trier. There's good things about Trier. There's good. There's bad things about Trier. If they have to choose, I think they will choose choose trier and here's why, like I said before, his game is very much an old school game, but in the new school form if that makes any sense, where he shoots some threes but doesn't shoot a lot of threes um his defense is really bad, but his ability to get to the line is what's going to keep him in this league. He gets fouled and he knows how to get fouled, which is you would think isn't a skill set. However, it is, It's a skill set unlike anything that Kevin Knox has ever seen. Like some dude, or, you know, D'Angelo Russell dudes who just know how to get fouled and get to the rim and score the basketball. Um, it's just, it's just something that's able to, have them push forward and have them win and have them be able to be in games late. Cause you're going to need a guy who's be able to create, score the ball um, and be able to, to score without um, any issue whatsoever. The issue is this or not, not really the issue is this. It's just that you would like to see the Knicks keep both. And I think if they let go of Dotson, he's going to find a home somewhere in this league because he's a good player and he's going to be able to play well. But you got to be able to make tough decisions. And unfortunately, I think that one of these two players obviously won't be there again. And so it's just something that's going to come down to whether or not all these moves can be made and get Anthony Davis and then let go of one of these players. All right. So then we'll take a quick break again. And then come back and just talk about the Knicks and the Nets, I guess, rivalry, if that is
1: what it's called. All right, quick break. all right back
0: in it and last thing on the to-do list I guess is now a this weird rivalry if you can even call that um between the Knicks and the Nets I think I think this is a rivalry or whatever so I guess for the whole or I guess the beginning of last season uh Knicks troll uh Spencer Dinwiddie has basically just been like yeah we're better than the Knicks and uh you know, it's, it's whatever, like this stuff like this. Now that's kind of transition into like Nets teams now thinking that they're like this huge, whatever market or whatnot. And they're just, I don't even know. It's talking slick. I don't know where this beef even started. Like, but it's transitioned from that special he's you know, changed his profile picture to a picture of him dunking the basketball, um i think someone else then replied on twitter with a picture of him getting blocked by mitchell robinson and then it's just it's just been this like weird kind of transition then i guess things kind of took a weird turn i'll play the richard jefferson piece that i retweeted on twitter uh, about you know i'm talking about the knicks and how he basically went to the guard and smashed them. so i'll play it for you guys right now
1: and and the Nets are a much better franchise than the Knicks. The only thing that the Knicks has is MSG, the guard the uniform. It's like the, the uniform the, and the, the this, legacy. This, 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 That's so why everybody tired. Says the of, like I wish I could cuss right now, but I'm so tired <laughs> of that. I'm so tired of it. Everything in this planet is earned, right? Everything in this planet is earned. Don't tell me, oh, the Knicks. Who wouldn't want to play in the guard? No one has no one has in, in the X look you got you you got uh, Amari Stoudemire right you got mm-hmm. you got Carmelo Anthony right you've had so much disarray I understand Knicks fans but you shouldn't be directing it at people like me that are saying that it's not a great place no you guys not have not won a championship since the 70s neither of the Nets but it's like if I have to go between two teams that, that haven't won championships and one is stable and one is not and they're three miles from each other and one's in a brand new building but it's the garden yeah he can play in the garden twice a year we used to go play in the garden and destroy the Knicks and laugh at them and then go party in the city all night. That's what we used to do. (laughs) That was our favorite thing. So I'm so like, look, I think there's a good chance that he could go with the Knicks. I think there's a good chance that he could go with a lot of places, but part of the issue is the Knicks. How about focusing on player development? How about focusing on making the players around you better? How about building up your franchise like the Nets have done with no draft picks? How about doing it like, like Portland has? How about doing it that way versus constantly talking about we want free agents? That's asinine. That's not the proper way to build a franchise. Well, the, the Warriors have done a little bit of both. I mean, they. All right. So
0: then you just heard what he rambled on and said. And now it's. <sighs> It's ever like you just see like <laughs> a trash can and a recycling bin arguing with each other. I feel like we're just people are just the, the Spider Man poses, just kind of looking at each other, pointing at each other. Both teams have been bad for their entire careers. Okay, the Nets have made. I think we've both made the same amount of finals, I believe, and we have more. Well, we have two NBA championships. They have none. They have an ABA championship or whatnot, um, and things like that. It's – I don't even think this is a little brother syndrome. I think this is just like a, oh, yeah, we're going to really stomp on the Knicks now. It's always funny. People always love to kick you when you're down. And, yeah, they're down. And I don't understand, like, why it's not able to just be like, oh, yeah. Like, this whole season, I was supporting the Nets. I was like, yeah, I want the Nets to do well. I don't – I don't harbor – there's no – I'll, for just take the curtain back on me. There's no ill will for me on any other New York team. The Yankees win the World Series. I'm like cool. If the Jets win the World Series, which will never happen. The World Series, if the Jets ever win the Super Bowl, which will never happen. Great. If the Nets won the championship or even beat Philly, which I thought they were gonna do, I was kind of like, okay. I, same thing. Like I don't hate that. Like the the but I don't root for them. But the New York hate doesn't apply to me I guess in the same way just because if anything it would make more sense in basketball than any of the other sports you know we're in the same division we play each other four times N- neither one of us it's not like both of us can make the finals um you know but like for the longest time I always thought like the Jets and the Giants hate each other more um just because but that seems weird because they only get to play each other. They play each other in the preseason and they may play each other, I think, once every four years. And then they if God that the, you know, sun never came out, they would play each other in the Super Bowl. Same thing with the Yankees, like the Yankees and the Mets played each other in the World Series. But I don't ever feel the need. I understand you want to compare the two, but the comparisons, especially this year, as opposed to last year, is just Nine, it's just doesn't even make any sense the nets were a dog shit franchise for a long time and that's the great thing about being the nets you can be terrible and no one cares we weren't talking about how bad the nets were okay and understand this nets fans or understand people with the nets the only reason we talk about you is in comparison to the nets. no one just goes yo the nets are great it's always, yo, the Nets are great, the Knicks suck. The Nets are doing this. The Knicks can't do it that way. You're just tethered to us, like in an us, and you're trying to cut the cord for some God-fearing reason. I I don't see the the need for either side to go back and forth in this war of <laughs> trashdom. Uh so. For for whatever reason, this has just been a weird uh, time. And I guess people are now getting bold about talking about how bad this one team is. But, you know, again, I, I think the Nets are going to get – I think they should keep D'Angelo. I think they're going to get Tobias Harris. Or I think they can get Kawhi. I would love – I would – generally, not kidding. I would love for Kawhi to go to the Nets and I would love for KD to go to the Knicks and that would be great because then we can play each other. There will actually be good basketball. That's that to me is a real rival when both teams are really good and beating each other up, and that is a real argument. That's healthy sport. I like that. But this, like, yo, we're we're so much better than you. Your team is garbage. Like this, that, and the third. And I'm just in there like, all right. It doesn't. It's just not. It doesn't hurt me in a sense because I'm just like. Yeah, the season's been over. We both accomplished the same thing. Like, this is what I don't understand. The Knicks accomplished what they wanted to do this season, and the Nets accomplished what they wanted to do this season too. Neither one of the team failed to meet their front office's expectations. That's what you have to understand. Like, everyone met so far this season, met the expectations, relatively speaking. Nets were able to make the Nets were able to develop their players after their coach was there for three years. It's funny, no one ever speaks about the fact that the coach was there for three years and be able to get their guys and they made and made a reclamation project project into an all-star and then was able to then push that team into the playoffs and got a game off the Sixers the Knicks developed their players. They were able to take their second round pick and turn him into an all-rookie caliber player. They took an undrafted rookie and basically made him a household name. And they have the third pick in the draft in a draft that has three really good players and get more draft picks. Both teams were successful. So, I mean, no one's pretty much going to agree with me just because people want to argue about stuff online, but... That's kind of just my whole take on this. All right. Thank you guys again for listening to me. Make sure you follow the Daily Knicks podcast and the Daily Knicks website online the rest of the year and the off season, And, yeah, onward to July 1st. And talk to you guys later. Thank you guys again for listening.